What's up, everybody? This is Coach Allie bringing you this week's episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. This week, we're talking all about Mrs. Paperwork. This podcast will also apply if you're 28 and up. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast, hosted by sisters, former Miss Nebraska's and a Miss Nebraska USA, and expert coaches Ali Swanson Mancuso and Megan Swanson Rhodes. Every Tuesday, we bring you a life-changing, challenging, and activating episode to help high-achieving women win their pageants, massively transform their mindsets, and dominate all aspects of life, including elements both inside and what most consider traditionally as areas outside of pageantry. Allie and Megan coach high-achieving women in all 50 states and beyond, and live to see women conquer their dreams. If you're not already part of our Powerhouse Club, join the fastest growing group of winning pageant queens on the planet, linked in the show notes every single week. Now, let's get on to this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Ali Mancuso, and today we're going to be talking about Mrs. Paperwork. And if you are listening to this right out of the gate and you're like, but I'm not a missus, but you're over 28, I still want you to listen to this podcast. Heck, even if you're in your 20s, there's probably something valuable that you can learn from this type of paperwork and feel free to continue listening. If you are a missus individual, hello and welcome. Um, I competed last year at the time that I'm recording this in a missus pageant and I should do a whole podcast on just really that experience, but I would say that Mrs. Paperwork is slightly different from the Miss Division and certainly the Teen Division. Why? Because you're at a different stage in your life than a, a an individual in her early 20s competing for a pageant and certainly a teen. And so I think before I go into any of these main points that I have today, I want you to just think about really embracing who you are in this season of your life. The beautiful thing about Mrs. Pageants is that it could be an early 20s person competing for a Mrs. Pageant, or you could be in your 40s, or you could be in your 50s. And a lot of these pageant systems have a very wide range of ages that they accept for competing in their pageants to really celebrate the beauty being a married woman and celebrating family and being at different stages of your life. So when we're talking about paperwork, the first thing to do is really embrace that. Not try to be who you were five years ago or try to be who, if you're a young married person like myself, try to be like you are in your 40s or somebody who you're not. The best thing about married pageants is celebrating you and your family and where you're at in that season. And that should be a beautiful thing. So coming to know that fundamental principle right out of the gate is really crucial before we dive into any of these main points. Uh, If you're listening to this and you haven't listened back to the previous two podcasts about teen paperwork and miss paperwork, I would highly recommend that you do that. Coach Megan hit both of those so well and she really laid the foundation for a lot of the same principles that can transfer for any paperwork. And so today, really, my goal is to polish specifically in the realm of Mrs. Paperwork, some things that I think are 
main principles, regardless of the system that you are competing in. Now, I want to preface this with certain Mrs. pageants emphasize different things, right? Some pageants emphasize the amount of service that you actually do. Some emphasize specific pillar points of that pageant. So if they have a couple words that are their slogan and they want to know which one do you embody, that's pretty common. If there is a mission statement or a motto from that pageant that you know that they're going to ask you about either in your paperwork, your resume, or even an onstage question, it's worth diving in and knowing how you relate to that question and know what kind of answer you're going to give because it's probably going to be on your paperwork. So beyond that, though, there are some themes in Mrs. Paperwork and Mrs. Pageants that are pretty much always true, and that's what I want to hit on today. So how do we have good Mrs. Paperwork? That's the question that we're asking on this podcast today. Number one, in most pageants, it starts with a good headshot. Now, your pageant system, my Mrs. Ladies listening to this, and this might apply to Ms. or greater woman, Miss, you know, different pageant systems have different verbiage for your actual division, but I'm just talking about someone who is not in a Miss division, basically is what this pertains to, this podcast pertains to. It starts with your good headshot because that is a first impression of what a judge is going to think about you. They make that gut reaction that um, the judgment call of does this chick have it? Does she have the it factor or does she not? And so many points I think are left on the table when it comes from kind of a holistic coaching approach of where can we give you your best shot? Because not everyone is talented in every single area, right? So putting your strategic hat on, you got to know how you can get the most points on the table to be able to compete with everybody else. And headshot is one of those places. Headshot is not something that is normally judged, like you get a score out of it, 1 out of 10, 10 out of 10, etc. But it is your first impression and it gets the judges to know you a little bit before your Zoom interview or in-person interview. And some pageant systems actually have you attach your headshot to your resume, like if you're doing a Canva document or something like that. And others, you have to upload it into a digital format and then they just send it to the judges. So Either way, it is very, very important that you have a good headshot, that you're warm, that you're communicating the brand and the messaging that is really harmonious with your paperwork answers. And that's normally the first step, which is why I bring that up. If you were like, I don't know where to begin with headshot, good news is we just literally recorded a podcast about it, I think a couple weeks back. So make sure to check our channel and listen to that one. Uh, Coach Megan explained the principles of having a good headshot, where to go, and some other really, really key indicators. So if you're looking for where to go with that, listen to that podcast. I wanted to start there. Now, topically, There are a few main things that are consistently in any Miss pageant. And the first one is your story, your heart, or your passion. Now, the packaging of that might be different for each pageant system, right? But most of the time, judges are going to ask you, you know, why are you competing for this pageant today? What's your story? Like, obviously, you're married, you know, you love your family. What's your story? Like, who who or what made you who you are today? And you got to be able to have an answer to that. So the first thing I wanted to do here was actually take you behind the scenes a little bit and communicate the exact questions that I received on my Mrs. Paperwork. Now, this was the United States system, obviously, and 
at the time that I'm recording this, they might change it in the future. But for the sake of transparency and giving you guys a practical example of the questions that I received that I had to fill out for my paperwork, this was my experience. So the very first one was platform or charity. So I had to explain what my platform was and it gave no guidance if this was a single sentence, if you read read a paragraph, they didn't have a word count. And so I chose to explain my platform a little bit as well as state what it was. I think, again, if we're thinking through how to capture as many points as possible, that is an advantage if you have an open-ended question, not just state the title, but qualify it a little bit and explain it a little bit, which is what I did. And did I get asked about that in my in my interview? Absolutely, I did, multiple times. And my interview was actually over Zoom and it was supposed to be, I think, three minutes. It ended up being like eight because they kept asking me questions and it was just a really, a really fun time. So that might not be your example or your experience, but for me, that's what it was. The second question on my paperwork was, if you won a title how would you use it to promote your platform or charity? So this is a little bit more application from the first question, right? What I chose to do was not fully, fully explain the how in the first question. I explained the what in the first question. And then here, because it's specifically asking me how would I use it to promote uh, the platform and charity of my choice, how would I use the title essentially, that gets into more metrics, more specifics, what am I doing? When am I doing it? How am I doing it? And I explain that in a full paragraph there. The next question, what does the title mean to you? So this goes back to that very, very first thing that I just told everybody on this podcast, your your why, your story, your heart, your passions. Why are you competing for this pageant? You got to know an answer to that, right? What does this title mean to you? Everybody obviously wants it for a different reason, but what does it mean to you? And how can you craft this message for me to learn more about you and who you are that makes you stand out from everybody else and really makes you memorable? You should be writing each of these answers on your paperwork to make me as the judge remember you. And if you put your judge's hat on for a second, if I'm reading 50 different paperwork at the national level, or even, you know, 20, 30 at a state level, everyone's going to be passionate. Everyone's going to want the title. Everyone is going to love their family, hopefully. (laughs) Everyone is going to insert whatever bland, generic quality there, right? I would call that a level one response. What makes paperwork memorable is when we go into level two and level three. Level two is shedding a detail on a topic. So rather than just saying, I'm passionate about pageantry or I'm passionate about children, tell me what kind of children, what kinds of pageants are you passionate about? I'll just stick with the children example. But is that from a personal experience of yours? Like what is your tie-in of why you're passionate about children? And then level three is the emotion behind it. And you're really painting a story for me to feel something from your writing on your paperwork. That is what makes you memorable because I might not remember every detail of the story. So let's say you're passionate about children because something happened to your child when they were in elementary school and it was traumatizing for your whole family. And you got this, you know, righteous anger, this justice rose up inside of you that you didn't want this to happen to any other family because it happened to your child, right? 
you sharing the details of that encounter brings me into your world a little bit and makes me learn something about you. But when you share that story from the emotions that you felt and you're really colorfully painting the picture in your paperwork, I feel those emotions while reading it and I connect with you as a human being. Because although my child might not have experienced that specific circumstance that yours had, I do know what it's like to feel shame, to feel that I want justice for something, to feel angry, to feel all of those emotions. And that's how you're connecting with me. So getting to that third level is super, super important. I kind of jumped ahead of myself a little bit, but um, I was going to explain that a little bit later, but it came out right now. That's fine. The next question is, what is one important value you look for in people? Now, what could this question tell me about you? This question could tell me a little bit about you because the thing that you value most in other people, there's a reason why you value that, right? It probably comes from personal experience or something that you highly value in yourself, a standard that you hold yourself to. For me personally, I said integrity because that is something that bleeds through in every area of my life. If someone is not integrous, right, I can't trust them. I I don't want them in my inner circle in my life. And I try and be a person of integrity to other people so they can know me, like me, trust me, and the same thing in an interview. So I talked about that personally. Next question, tell us one thing that makes you unique. And I listed out a couple things here because I'm a Enneagram three wing two. And some of these came up in my interview for sure. They basically said, you're a very accomplished woman. Tell me about X, Y, Z. And they listed a couple of things. If I were to do this again, I probably wouldn't list as many things as I did. And I'd probably shorten my answer a hair because it was telling us, it told me to say one thing. But again, I didn't have a word count and I knew the judges were going to be able to get all of this. So I still think that made me stand out because I placed top five at the national pageant. But take that for what you want there. So one thing that makes you unique, make sure this fits into your brand. And if you are trying to sell yourself as, you know, the businesswoman, the lawyer, the actress, the the family woman, the whatever, make sure that this one thing is a unique thing that makes me remember you. And you're going back to your storylines that you should have done, you know, before writing this paperwork of making sure everything is here and you're not being repetitious when you don't need to. So if one of these other answers on here, you already explained how you are an attorney, I don't think that one thing that makes you unique attorney would be a necessary answer here because you already showed me that part of your your life and your story, okay? Next question, give three words that describe you. This is a very, very common pageant question. It's on a lot of USA paperwork for Miss contestants and I think it's trickling in as a pageant question more and more into the America system and just when a judge thinks of a a question this is something very easy that pops up so these are your branding words overall and if you have a hard time coming up with these words and what they mean to you and the story behind it workshop it because it's worth having story oriented verbiage here and not just oh I'm strong I'm confident, I'm driven, whatever, right? Strong, confident, driven. Okay, if you can't tell me why you are those things and what story it pertains to, then it's not a good descriptor of who you are because it's not going to drive the appropriate question in your interview that you want. Compared to, I put powerhouse as one of my 
descriptors for this pageant because I wanted to talk about powerhouse pageantry and powerhouse collective and all the things that we do empowering women each and every day. And that was a hook. Yes, I consider myself a powerhouse. That's an adjective to describe me. Yes, but it's also a hook into me talking about business as a storyline. And I want to encourage you to sit with that and and have those three words really directly relate to something going on in your life and a big story that you want to share. Final question was tell briefly about an impactful experience and what you learned from it. So again, this is story-driven language. Mrs. Pageant specifically are very, very warm and very story-driven. They're not as harsh as some of the Miss Pageants uh, can be at times because these pageants understand that you're a mom, you are, are a, a wife, you are a could be a career woman, you've been through some things, you've lived some life experience, and you have a lot going on, and that is worth celebrating. And a lot of Mrs. Pageants, everyone that I've ever been to, the one that I competed in is no different. They're warm. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your heart. I want to connect with you as a female to female. And if your stories aren't driving that type of language, you're missing the mark. And other girls, other women are going to capture those points that you could have had in your paperwork. And I want to qualify something really quickly. When I say emotional language, I do not mean you're going to cry in your interview. You're going to be remembered as the angry girl that competed against everybody else. That is not what I mean. What I mean is if I'm explaining for instance, a time in my life that I was completely embarrassed, just fell on my face, embarrassed myself in front of a group of people. Hypothetically, let's say that story. Actually, let me just think of one for my own life. So there was one in college, I was taking my finals, right, for one music class and it had snowed. This was first semester, so it was December and I was studying last minute in my room and I remember running to the music building, which was on the complete other side of campus And I slipped and just ate it on the ice. (laughs) And my whole back, my butt, everything was soaked in the snow and this ice. And I was already like three-fourths the way to the music building. I didn't have time to go back and change or I was going to be late for my final. This guy saw me slip right in front of him, didn't reach out to help me, walked around and over me, didn't ask me if I was okay, and just left me there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hit my head really hard. I thought I had had another concussion, which I had a couple of in college after playing basketball. And a lot of things were running through my head. And I'm like, I have to go take this final. And I hope I don't have a concussion. I hope I'm not injured, whatever. And also, I'm angry because this guy didn't help me up. And he just just walked past me and like kind of laughed and didn't do anything, right? So if I was telling that story of how I completely embarrassed myself, and long story short, I walked into my final I kind of joked about it to my professor that I landed in snow and, and ate it on the ice and my my pants were soaked and he laughed and it, he didn't care that I was like 30 seconds late and I kind of made fun of myself and it was fine. But if I was telling that story, I would practice telling it in a really succinct way. What emotions came out from that? I was embarrassed. I was judged by this guy. I was angry that he didn't help me up. I was fearful that I was going to be late for my final, locked out, not do a good job. I was already stressed because I had a final to take and I was worried about not getting, I was a really high achieving person, so I wanted to get 100% on this final, but worried about taking the test. You know, all of those emotions, your story might not be 
that you slipped on ice, someone didn't help you up and you relate to your final with soaked pants, right? But the emotions of fear, of shame, of guilt, of anger, you've experienced in your life. And when I lean on those things and really colorfully paint the picture of me going through that experience, you feel something. And that'll make that story memorable to you. It's not just, oh, I was late. I was running and I slipped on the ice and I was late to my final. You're not going to remember that story nor care, right? So emotional driven language is language that a judge can connect with you because of the story and how you're sharing it, not necessarily what you are sharing. What you're sharing is important, but also how you're communicating it is also very important, okay? So overall, in paperwork, I gave you those examples of what I had to answer for my nationals paperwork at Mrs. United States. But pretty commonly, outside of your story, a good headshot, most pageants ask you about your family. So I'd have a good answer for that, again, with a story of why you love your family, because everyone you're competing against is going to love your family, but why? Tell me one reason or tell me a story of why you love your kids or what struggles you've gone through as a family, how you've overcome something. Same thing with volunteerism. Volunteerism is a pillar of pretty much every Mrs. Pageant. What are you doing in the community? Prove to me that you're not selfish, basically, and what cause are you advocating towards? Are you going to take this into your reign? Making sure that you can explain that. Do you have partnerships? Do you have metrics of tracking how many lives you've impacted? Things like that are really important and make you sound more official, to be honest, than just, oh, I'm super passionate and I want to inspire people. Okay, cool. As a judge, I'm asking how. And if you can already have those questions answered and we can go to layer two, layer three language in your interview, it's going to make you memorable. And the last thing I'll say too is relatability and legacy. So these questions are hard for some people because you, I feel like if you don't know who you are and you don't know yourself, you have a hard time knowing what your message is and how you want to be remembered, right? Surface level is I want to be liked. I want people to remember me, right? But for what? What change are you going to make that people remember you by? Is it your heart and your warmth that people are going to remember you by? Okay, how can you kind of track that? And not to be overly operational. You guys know my brain and that's how I think all the time. But not that everything has to be tracked or a stat or whatever, but where operational brain meets warmth is a successful title holder because you're organized and you're passionate. You have goals and you can also slow down and relate to somebody in the room with you, right? You're, you're relatable, but also have that strength and power to push and continue to push and, and be motivated internally and not have to really rely on other people. Although you have the warmth to be able to do that as well and relate to people. So pondering, pondering those questions, I think, really will set you up for success in any kind of Mrs. Paperwork, to be honest. And if you're listening to this and I kind of missed out on one section, I would love to hear your thoughts. If you're if you have specific questions of a Mrs. Pageant or from a Mrs. Pageant that you are participating in, or maybe you're in a Miss Woman division or you were formerly married and you're divorced and that's your your division that you're competing in, great. These things probably still pertain to you. And I'd love for you to to DM us on Instagram and tell us that you listen to this podcast and you have another question or maybe we can add that to our onstage questions that we put in our pageant winner secrets group or our newsletter for you guys to practice with. But I love hearing some of those questions that are on paperwork because 
we can put in our community and people can talk about it and really get better. So if that's you, let me know. I'd love to hear some of those questions behind the scenes. And in a nutshell, guys, I really hope that this was beneficial categorically and really picturing that three level deep answer. And maybe the reason why you're feeling like you haven't connected an interview in the past is because we've kept staying in level one. I'm just passionate. I want to inspire people. Okay. Really ponder the hot, the, the high, <laughs> no, the, the how and the why behind that. And I promise you'll get to a deeper interview. And when you mirror that with being succinct, it's a really, really powerful place to be. Okay. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope that was beneficial. Again, DM me on Instagram if you have any of those judges questions that you have seen in your experience competing as a missus. And I will see you guys next week. I'm excited for some of our podcasts that we have to come and make sure you're following us on social media. We love you guys. If you need anything, let us know. We'll see you later. Bye. Hey everyone, popping in here really quick. This is Coach Megan, and I'm so excited to announce that we are opening up our usually clients-only mastermind to just 10 more people. This amazing winter wonderland experience is going to help absolutely radically transform your mindset coming into competition. It's going to give you a full opportunity to practice and repeat your skill set on stage during our entire mock pageant, as well as five full mock interviews that you guys will get to participate in. I'm super, super excited to offer this experience. Normally, like I said, is only for powerhouse club level people and above. And we have a special, special fast action discount that you guys can look at. If you just go to the details at mastermind.powerhousepageantry.com. This is going to be a very close knit experience. We're only offering this to a total of 20 people. And like I said, 10 of those spots have been taken by people inside of our organization already. And these weekends just, they, it's something super, super different. It's going to be here in Omaha, Nebraska. We have them just a couple times a year. And these are absolutely transformative experiences. There's just something about being in person where a lot of things just click, you know, there's so much that we're able to accomplish online and we do the absolute best that we can. And I'd like to say we do, you know, a, a darn good job about it, but there's just something about being in person. And, um, the first comment that I usually hear is, oh my gosh, you and coach Allie are actually real and people want to hug us, you know, and you're like, you're not a hologram. And, and it, that's pretty fun, especially when you've worked with people for a year or two and you finally get to meet them in person. But if you definitely want to see a little bit more about what it looks like to work with us, but not having to make the full commitment to joining the Academy or one of our other programs, the Mastermind is a great first step where you absolutely positively will leave with all of your skills up-leveled. And you'll also get a really, really great kind of academic representation of where your skill set is, according to us, using our five-point powerhouse judging system, as well as just naturally being in the environment, a competitive environment, you know, around other people who are there trying to accomplish their goals and that you'll get to see performing and on stage and things of that nature as well. So again, just go to mastermind.powerhousepageantry.com and you guys can learn all the more information. And I hope to see you in Omaha, Nebraska in February. Very soon. Hey guys, it's Coach Allie. Thank you so much for listening to the Powerhouse Podcast. Megan and I absolutely love our listener base and we couldn't do what we do without you guys. If you stayed all the way to this part of the podcast, there's a couple things that I want to make sure that you know. We are constantly updating our resources to be the latest, greatest trainings and stay really up to date with trends. So if you want to figure out how to save $700 overall on pageant coaching, we have a service called the Powerhouse Club among some other things. And to be honest, it is the best coaching in the world. 
obviously I'm a little bit biased, but we have the best community with amazing women from every single state of the United States in our community, and we just love pouring into you guys. So if you want to figure out how to save $700 overall, like I said, be a part of the best coaching service in the world, click the link below. We would love to assist you. See you next week, guys.